Welcome back to Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. You can reach the guys with the South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number, 888-898-2525. That's 888-898-2525. Now back to Phil, Chris, and Pat with the second hour of Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. We are back at his Sports Talk on this Monday night. So good to have you with us. Phil Kornblut, Pat Daniel here in Columbia. Chris Bergen off to do uh, basketball tonight for Coastal Carolina. This is a special week, of course. It's the week of the Touchstone Energy Cooperatives Bowl. The North-South game in Myrtle Beach on Saturday. We'll have that game for you here on the Sports Talk Media Network. Airtime's noon on Saturday. Kickoff at 1230. Of course, the game itself is big enough, but at halftime we have the announcement of Mr. Football in South Carolina. And so rest of the week, we'll be broadcasting from the beach. Looking forward to being down there for that and everything that goes on around what is one of the best all-star games in the country every year and getting better and better with more ideas, fresh ideas, a new look at things. Looking forward to seeing where they take that game in the future. So make plans to be with us on Saturday for that. We go back to your phone calls. We'll do recruiting at the bottom of the hour. be a lengthy recruiting report, so stay tuned for that. I would plan my my evening meal around it, or if you're going to take a shower, you know, between now and then, plan around that. Um, maybe you're going for a walk, plan around that. Just giving you a heads up. We go to um, Gamecock Larry over in Swansea. Gamecock Larry, hope you had a good weekend. You're doing well tonight. Good to have you with us, sir. No, Phil didn't have too good of a week, and I'm been in the hospital. I had pneumonia and all, mm. but I'm beginning to feel better. Hope to get to go home tomorrow. They've been running tests all day, but let me, James and Sumter. This is game, Larry and well, I mean, I guess. The end of the VA. Mm. Let me tell you something. Any team with a 63% strength of schedule average does not deserve to be in the 14 playoff. Syracuse, Pittsburgh, Louisville, I can't name the rest of them ACC teams. 63% strength of schedule. Who has Florida State played really this year and beat besides Clemson? I want to beat North Carolina, but you do not. Compared to the SEC strength of catch schedule, I believe, uh, yeah, Alabama should have lost to Auburn. Alabama could have lost to that. Well, should have lost to Texas. But that's okay. When it comes down to brass tacks, Alabama is still a better team 
Oakland, Florida State. And you can believe it or not, but I'm going to tell you something about else. And then I'm going to get off here and feel, Pat, if you can, let me listen to you on the radio a little bit, because I know James and all of them bored by what I got to say. Mm. The ACC schedule and the SCC schedule is a hundred percent different. And that's about, uh, well, I love all y'all. I thank you for keeping me in your prayers. Everything's going to be all right. Alabama will win the NCAA championship this year. Georgia will roll over Florida State, and Florida State will be like James and Sumter, we don't want to play. This team, this player ain't going to play because we was dipped in the in the fourteen playoff. That's all I got to say. Love all y'all. We'll talk about the Tigers and the Gamecocks. Uh, in about three or four days. Oh, yeah, let me say one other thing. The teams with the most NIL money will be in the top 12-team playoffs for the next three or four years, and South Carolina and Florida State will be just a I don't know what, you know what I mean. Hmm. Go game, guys. Right. Love all y'all. Larry, take care. Yes, Listen to your, your doctors and nurses, ma'am, and uh, hopefully you get home soon, get home tomorrow. Look forward to hearing from you. Uh, just looking up the strength of schedule, which is a component that people like to talk about. So I'm looking at Warren Nolan's strength of schedule ranking, and his is based on the opponent's record. Michigan State had number one. Alabama had number two. Their opponents were 97 and 49. South Carolina had the number three strength of schedule. 83 and 50 were the Gamecock opponents this season. Texas, number 11, with 90 and 55, the combined record of their opponents. You got to go down a bit to find Florida State. Florida State is ranked 83rd. Their opponents are combined 77 and 66 for what it's worth, if you're going to talk about stuff like that. Georgia, 28, their opponents are 86 and 57. So just another element to consider when you're talking about who should be in and who should be out. Back to the phones. Hey, Phil, one more quick point before we go back there. I was mm-hmm. going to make it earlier, but we ran out mm-hmm. of time. Just regarding this, there's so many different angles you can look at this from, and, and anybody out there could pick whatever angle best suits their argument. I get that. But I like to think of it as well. If you're a coach and you're thinking about who you your team is going to play and who you would rather play, as in who the more difficult opponent is on paper, on the field, the hard, the, the tougher team to scheme against, both offensively and defensively, and you have to factor in the starting quarterback into that equation, at least in my opinion. 
And if you are an opposing coach of any of the other top five, top team, or in this scenario, top five, excuse me, top four coaches, which one puts more fear into your heart right now as the team is currently constructed? Alabama or Florida State? Oh, yeah. No now, question. I don't think anybody out there, being honest, would say Florida State. I just no, don't. No. Exactly right. Uh, a couple of quick things and back to your phone calls. 888 <clears throat> South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number. USC receiver Xavier Leggett, linebacker Debo Williams, selected to the AP All-SEC football team. Leggett, second team honors at receiver and all-purpose. And Williams, second team linebacker. Heisman finalist. I got my vote in in time, by the way, as always. What power I have to be able to determine the winner of the best quarterback in the country every year, the Heisman Trophy. LSU quarterback Jaden Daniels, Oregon quarterback Bo Nix, Washington quarterback Michael Penix Jr., and Ohio State receiver Marvin Harrison Jr. Four finalists for the Heisman. Basketball, Clemson, as I mentioned, Clemson is in the top 25 with their 7 and 0 start. The Tigers are 24. Tigers are 24. San Diego State's 25. South Carolina received votes. Arizona, your new number 1, followed by Kansas, Houston, Purdue, Yukon, Baylor, Gonzaga, Marquette, North Carolina, Creighton, Women's Poll, USC again, the unanimous number 1. And why shouldn't they be with the way they are going at it? And let's see if there's anything else. Um, I think we're good for now, so let's continue with your phone calls. Well, we will in a second. 888 Want to mention that we'll be down at the beach, and you can be down at the beach. We want you to come down to the beach for the All-Star Game Saturday. Yeah, I know. Looks like the phone's, the computer's gone bonkers on us you want my hammer you got your own hammer because either one will work oh i got one sorry kevin it's about to be ugly in here when you get here in the morning buddy (laughs) we'll sweep up the glass but we'll leave the frame oh there you go pop back up crazy crazy system anyway heading to the beach you can head to the beach and you can never leave the beach because you can buy property from jimmy smith at james smith real estate how about that Go to the beach and never come back. I can't think of anything better. 843-237-4246, your perfect beach getaway or home away, is waiting for you down at Litchfield and Pauley's and Garden City and Surfside and Myrtle Beach and all those great spots. So give Jimmy a call. You'll talk to Jimmy or you'll talk to a great member of the staff, and they will find what you're looking for to rent or buy for however long you want it. Again, that phone number is 843-237-4246, online at pauliesvacationrentals.com. All right, now we go back to your phone calls. And next in line here on Sports Talk is going to be, well, his family, call him Triple T. But his friends, oh, I'm sorry, I skipped one. Hang on, Triple T, you're next in line. Uh, Bobby in Newberry. Sorry, skipped right over you in line. Bobby, welcome into Sports Talk. How are you in Newberry? Good afternoon. Yes, sir. Bill. 
Uh, I agree with Chris Bergen that Florida State got screwed. But I'm going to take it a higher level, and I fault the NCAA for letting Michigan in for their cheating scandal and showing people that it doesn't make any difference how you get there. It's okay. That's my that's my concern. There was plenty of room there if they'd have just stood up and said, "Hey, just because y'all did that, don't mean you 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 get there." And the monkey wrench that's going to be thrown in there back in the old days is that when Florida State beats Georgia and you have an undefeated ACC champion that uh, that's left out and, oh, they got to explain it. But, hey, I'll let you go. That's mm. all I got to say. They could go buy their own national championship, like NC State. They can go claim to be national champions. Alan Smothers still thinks NC State won the College Baseball World Series a couple of years ago. He refuses to accept otherwise. And Central Florida a few years before that in football. <laughs> That's right. They even had a parade, if I remember correctly. <laughs> That's great stuff. Um, yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Um, Do you think, Phil, that might incentivize players for Florida State to play in the bowl game? If Mike Norvell could use that as motivation, like, hey, guys, I know right now you're down. I know you feel defeated. I know you want to just kick off the rest of the season and just go relax with your family, eat bonbons at home around Christmas. Hmm. But if you'll stick with me and stay motivated, we could go out there, beat Georgia, who also made a case for wanting to be in the playoff, the two-time defending champs, and now we could at least make an argument as co-natty champs. Yeah. See, Bobby, you and I suffer from the same disease. You and I would like to believe that people that run college sports, presidents, commissioners, ADs, had some scruples and a spine and some backbone. But they don't because it's TV executives who run college sports, period. And they could give a rat's rear end about uh, violations, rules breaking, um, whatever the case may be. You're right. It, it is interesting. In fact, it's laughable that a team whose head coach was suspended for half the season for rules violations is showered as the number one team in the tournament while a team that went undefeated, though they lost their quarterback, I'll give you that, uh, is left out, you know. But that's college sports, man. It's just a messed up deal. And I guess, you know, maybe it's always been messed up. Maybe it was messed up before my time and your time. Maybe it's always been messed up, but just messed up in a different way. But, of course, with so much uh, publicity today and uh, so much uh, information flow, we know more about it now. Maybe we just didn't know back in the old days, old, old days. I'm talking about old, old days about stuff that was going on. But today everything is, well, you know, somewhat transparent. You see everything. It is laughable that you have a situation like Michigan that did cheat they had a head coach that got suspended twice for a total of six games. And, you know, they're welcomed right in. Let's go back to the phones. Phil, real quick, I might be a little too far out here with this, but to your point right there, just to piggyback on it, a lot of sports, professional and collegiate, used to really stick by morals and principles and, and lay the hammer. You want to go back far enough, look at look, Pete Rose. He was excommunicated from baseball for life. I know this is now going back way back when, over 100 years at this point, but the Chicago Black Sox scandal – 
back in the day, what I mean is you had, and those are just the two examples that popped in the top of my head first, but you used to have a hard line drawn in the sand. If you cross this line, you are done. You are out. You will not come back. You will not be welcome, period. And now it seems like even look through the whole steroid era in Major League Baseball, sure, a number of those guys have now not been in the inducted into the Hall of Fame. Barry Bonds, probably the biggest one out there. But look how many players did slide through the cracks and were still able to, at the very least, maybe they didn't get the Hall of Fame, but it didn't affect their career. They still kept playing. I mean, the biggest suspension I can think of was Alex Rodriguez, but he still was allowed to come back and finish out his time and, mm-hmm. and make every single dollar from your from your beloved Yankees. Mm-hmm. Whereas today, you see the Houston Astros, who got caught red-handed stealing. They didn't lose their World Series. Nope. They still got it. Yep. The coach is now a head coach. Someone, I'm drawing a blank on his name, but he's now the head coach. Detroit. Some, thank Detroit. you, for mm-hmm. Detroit. Mm-hmm. So no harm, no foul there. Then you had... Again, I'm struggling with names today. Sorry. Uh, Alex Cora, who was a big part of it, and then went to the Red Sox. He ultimately served a little bit of a suspension, but it's all just suspensions now. It's slap on the wrists, so it really doesn't send a very strong message, in my opinion. And Michigan Michigan could always come back and say, okay, look, we won all our games when our head coach was suspended, so we're still a good team with or without him. We should still be in the playoff. Uh, But you could come back and say, well, you should be penalized for all the cheating that you did in your coaching staff with the uh, with the, the sign-stealing stuff. Yeah, and if it, instead of just suspending him for those games, they had said, all right, well, those games are now going to count as losses. Like we see the Rick Pitino-Louisville team lost their national championship banner. Mm-hmm. Those wins all removed from his record. We've mm-hmm. seen countless basketball coaches in football lose wins. Les Miles recently at Kansas and LSU lose wins off his record. Well, we, well, what if the NCAA had done that this year? And they're like, all right, well, no. each of those games, those are now losses. Now, instead of being 12-0 and 0 in the regular season, you're 6-6. Six and six. And what is, which is also funny is that Harbaugh, he didn't coach those games, but he's getting credit for the wins. They go on his record as, as wins, even though he wasn't on the sideline. Okay, now to uh, Triple T. That's what his family calls him. I call him ABM because he's always the angry black man. ABM, welcome in. How are you? Good afternoon, Phil. First of all, I want to say to all the folks out there, everybody cheats. And I don't condone it, but it's what it is, what it is. Mm-hmm. Okay, but I'm going back to this with the Florida State situation. The only person to blame is the ACC. In 2021, the SEC came up with a plan for a 12-team playoff starting in 2023. The ACC, the Pac-12, and the Big Ten signed a form an alliance and mm-hmm. voted against it. Mm-hmm. They voted against it. If they, if they would have went along with this, Florida State would have been playing Liberty in a home game Saturday. So all y'all folks who blaming the committee, no, it's not the committee. For, and I'm going to say something to you, to all y'all. It's about the Benjamin. If it comes down to Alabama or Texas and Florida State, guess who they're going with? Alabama or Texas. They bring more money than Florida State. In basketball, if it comes down to Duke, North Carolina, or Kentucky, or some other team, those teams are going to get in. It's about the Benjamin folks. Wake up and smell the coffee. Mm-hmm. And y'all bitching and moaning about Florida State got got uh, shafted. No. 
Phillips, who was the SEC commissioner, shafted Florida State. I'm saying this. He voted against that deal because he said the SEC going to get more teams. My grandmama said a half of anything is better than all or nothing. And that's what they got. Nothing. So I see y'all folks down the road. Like, Triple T always do his homework. Mm-hmm. Y'all just go off the cuff and be jumping up and saying, Florida State got short change. No. The SEC, the ACC short changed the Florida State. If they would have voted for that deal in 2021, they would have had a 12 team uh, this year. Take care. Triple T, man. Go Tigers. Right. Very good. Thank you, uh, Oliver. Uh, yeah, but they didn't, and we don't. And so in the here and now, in real time, you still have to deal with the committee and the way things were done this year. So I can see why Florida State people would be ticked off. You can say, yeah, if you not had this alliance and you would have allowed the 12-team playoff to begin this year, you wouldn't have the problem. Well, that's all well and good. I get that. You'd have a lot of other teams who'd be very happy being in that playoff who got left out of this one. But in the real-time world, here and now, you deal with what you've got to deal with. And that was the four-team playoff and the decision made by the, the committee. And I can understand why the Florida State people feel like they were uh, ripped off because maybe the reputation of the ACC, uh, losing their quarterback. Um, I think, obviously, the losing of the quarterback is the is the major thing. But um, uh, as somebody has pointed out earlier, you know, Ohio State got through with an injured quarterback. I think maybe in the past – well, somebody pointed out how Alabama changed quarterbacks uh, during their season. They went from – it was even during the playoffs they went from Jalen Hurts to uh, Tango Vailoa. Was that that change took place? Well, that happened in the national championship the, game at halftime yeah. against Georgia in uh, in Atlanta. I remember they benched Jalen Hurts. It was either at halftime or sometime around halftime, and coming out in the third quarter, I believe, was how it worked. But uh, didn't Tua came didn't out Tango Vailoa also save them in the SEC championship game that year? As I, I think, recall, I didn't he have right. a heroic moment there? All right, back to the phones. And that was when Hurts got. Injured though, yeah. as opposed to just just benched, and I believe he was just benched. It was just a straight up quarterback change in mm-hmm. the in the natty. All right, back to the phone calls. Want to get in as many as we can here. We got recruiting coming up, so stay tuned. And it is David in Orangeburg with us next. David, welcome in. How are you? Um, real quick. Um, a previous caller talked about pro wrestling. It's predetermined. It's not fake. And the bad guy mantra is win if you can, lose if you must, but always cheat. <laughs> but as, as far as as far as Florida State's concerned, Florida State could not beat either one of the four that was mentioned. They could not beat Georgia, and I don't think they could beat Ohio State. So I understand that. Um, They've won the ACC, and they're undefeated. But the committee was supposed to pick the four best teams. If I had my brothers, Michigan wouldn't be in there. But if Michigan wasn't in there, Florida State still shouldn't have went. Appreciate the work. Enjoy your show. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. I mean, yeah. I mean, ultimately, when the committee – when this whole four-team deal was created, the number one criteria that the committee 
was charged with or the number one goal of the committee, pick the four best teams, period. That's why it's subjective. That's why you go around the room and they put in their votes uh, and they decide, okay, I believe this is the number one and this one's the number two. It comes down, of course, they decide the way it works is they put in their votes for the top three and then they have another round to decide on the fourth. And it's all, I mean, it's it's all opinion. It's all opinion. Nothing has changed in all the years of picking a champion when you think about it. Hardly anything has changed in all the years. When we first went to the, was it the BCS era where we had all the computer inputs? Yeah, that was based on metrics and analytics and was not as subjective, right? But it still was. It still had the human vote. The, the polls, I did, yep. the, the polls were inclu- included as part of it. That's about as close as you've come to taking the human element out of it, but not totally. We'll be back. Recruiting coming up. All right, the recruiting report tonight, which is brought to you by Seawells. Daily luncheon buffet at Seawells. You hear us talk about it every night. Well, because we want to remind you to get out and enjoy. Why deny yourself one of life's little pleasures? You know, we have very few little pleasures in life anymore. But Seawells Daily Luncheon Buffet is certainly one of those. And what does that starting lineup What does that All-American lineup look like tonight? Tomorrow, Tuesday the 5th, Seawells will bring you bacon-wrapped meatloaf. Meatloaf. Southern fried chicken, fried fish nuggets. Then Wednesday, carved turkey with cornbread Mm. dressing Mm. along with southern Mm. fried chicken Mm. and chicken pot pie. Mm. And then we'll give you the rest of the week after a couple days here. But don't forget, you can also get all your local farm-fresh veggies, salad bar, dessert, and gravy. Grown right here in the beautiful soil of the state of South Carolina. You won't find better soil anywhere. I will promise you that because I've judged a lot of soil in my time. And for the very best in the catering world, that is Seawells as well. Uh, just call them for all your all your needs. If you got an event that requires catering, they'll come to you or host 803-771-7385 online at SeawellsCateringSC.com. Well, big weekend for Clemson. Tigers win. Defensive tackle Amir Adams. Not sure if it's Amir or Amari. Forgot to ask him. 6'6-280 out of South Florence in the 25 class. Practically all the recruiting coverage of Adams by the website analysts had him going to South Carolina as a strong favorite with Georgia next in line. But he never stated a, a, a favorite outside of naming a top seven last summer. He never publicly gave a hint. Those seven were Clemson, USC, Georgia, LSU, Alabama, Florida State, and Tennessee. Camped at USC, was at the spring game, was at multiple games, including the Clemson game. Camped at Clemson, was also at a game in Death Valley. Clemson defensive tackles coach Nick Eason handled his uh, recruiting and convinced him to come play for him 
on the Tigers' defensive line that that would be best for him. Adam says uh, he uh, he likes he likes Eason. He says the coaches like him, his motor, uh, how physical he is, how well he runs. Finished his junior season Saturday night with that loss in the 4A state championship game to Westside. He had four tackles and a tackle for loss. He finished the season with 60 tackles and four sacks. He's the first defensive player to commit to Clemson for the 25 class. Meantime, 24 class, you know the Tigers missed on some of their top offensive linemen targets, so they looked into their own backyard, and Dabo Sweeney offered Daniel offensive lineman Watson Young, 6'3", 280. And Sunday night, Young announced his commitment to the Tigers, flipping from a commitment to Appalachian State, which he made back in the summer. He's a Shrine Bowler, a finalist for Mr. Football. And his other offers included Dartmouth and Coastal, Liberty, Georgia State, UAB, James Madison, Middle Tennessee, Furman, East Tennessee, Citadel. So not that heavily recruited of a player as far as uh, the Power Five is concerned. You hope you can develop a player like this, and he becomes a contributor. He has a strong Clemson heritage. His father is former Clemson All-American center Kyle Young, currently a senior associate AD there. His uncle is Greer head coach Will Young, who was a standout lineman at Clemson. His grandfather, Ben Watson, lettered for two years at Clemson. And his great-grandfather, Ed McClendon, played on Clemson's 1939 Cotton Bowl team. Watson, the younger, himself is a winner, three-time state champion with Daniel. He's the 18th commitment for the 24 class. Back to 25, Clemson Saturday night. Got receiver, Carlton Juju Preston, 5'10", 150. Woodbridge, Virginia, the Tigers offered while he was in for a visit November 18th. The first-team all-region receiver also had offers from Virginia, Wake Forest, Pitt, East Carolina, West Virginia, Boston College, Colorado, Michigan, Penn State, Wisconsin, and others. According to stats from Max Preps, in 23 games over the last two seasons, Preston caught 87 passes for 1,656 yards and 29 touchdowns. So five commitments, no, make that six commitments. Make that six commitments for Clemson in the 25 class. USC receivers coach Justin Stepp on Friday went by Strom Thurmond High School to check in on receiver Braylon Staley, who's been committed to Tennessee since June. He made that decision well before Stepp and the Gamecocks got around to offering him. He has remained true to the Vols, and despite overtures, he did not attend a USC game this season. Step is going to continue to recruit Staley for as long as he is open to doing so. He also stopped in to visit Staley's father, Brian Staley. And the elder Staley told us the visit was a good one. They just sort of sat down and talked and asked some questions, uh, trying to see what's in his son's head. Uh, The father, Staley, says he's going to support his son 100%. And... He still feels like it's a lock with Tennessee right now for his son, who's not going to be able to visit anywhere before the December 20th signing date because he didn't go anywhere this past weekend. Then this coming weekend, he leaves for the Shrine Bowl, 
So that'll eat up that weekend and the next weekend. And then they've got exams during the week. So going to be hard to get him in, even if he wanted to visit, unless he just comes in for a quick day visit. So his father believes still committed to Tennessee. And he believes that he's known Step. He's known Step for a long time. In fact, forgot about this. Brian Staley, of course, played at Mississippi State. And his position coach was Shane Beamer when he was there. So they have a relationship going back a while. So it continues to be Tennessee, though he expects that Step will continue to recruit his son to the end. Meantime, former Vanderbilt receiver Jaden McGowan, a Lawrence native, was offered by USC Today. He has set an official visit for this weekend. Since announcing his transfer plans, the speedy McGowan has also picked up an offer from Indiana. The 5'8 McGowan started 18 of 24 games in two seasons in Nashville. He finished with 80 catches for 836 yards and three touchdowns. In two games against the Gamecocks, he had five catches for 23 yards. USC is among several P5 offers coming in today for Kansas State. Transfer cornerback Will Lee III, 6'3", 185. He had 42 tackles and a pick this season. USC offered Tennessee Tech transfer defensive back Gerald Kilgore, 6 feet 202. He's the brother of Gamecock safety Jalon Kilgore. Or is that Jalen Kilgore? I think it's Jalen. 37 tackles and five pass breakups this season. USC offered Arkansas State transfer linebacker Javante Mackey, 6'2", 230, out of Chicago, but he went to high school in Memphis. This season, 84 tackles, seven tackles for loss, and two sacks. Also picked up offers from Memphis and Mississippi State. USC offered Purdue transfer defensive end Corday Sidnor, 6'4", 230, a native of Harlem. Played in 24 games over two seasons. He totaled 27 tackles, nine tackles for loss, six and a half sacks. He's also picked up offers from SMU, Memphis, NC State, Cincinnati, Cal, and Vanderbilt. Southern Miss transfer offensive tackle Jerquan Scott tells us He'll be taking an official to USC December 12th through 14th. He was at Ole Miss this past weekend. He plans to visit Auburn this coming weekend. He'll make his decision from those three once the visits are complete. He's out of Mobile, Alabama. USC expected to show interest in Miami transfer running back Don Chaney Jr. Father played for the Gamecocks. They recruited him out of high school in 25 games with Miami, 852 yards, Six touchdowns. He has had some injury issues. USC offered Purdue transfer receiver Abdur Rahman Yassin, 6'2", 200. Four years in West Lafayette, caught 34 passes, 356 yards, no touchdowns. Liberty, Bowling Green, ECU, Mississippi State, Washington State, Michigan State, Vanderbilt, Eastern Michigan, Ball State, and Minnesota have offered. He's out of Southfield, Michigan. USC also offered Michigan State transfer receiver Christian Fitzpatrick, 6'4", 220. This according to Alan True of 24-7 Sports. In three seasons with the Spartans, he played in 28 games, caught 22 passes, 272 yards, one touchdown. Began his career at Louisville, a native of Southfield, Michigan. USC this afternoon also offered Louisiana Tech transfer wide receiver Cyrus Allen, among the nation's leaders in yards per catch this season. FIU transfer receiver Chris Mitchell, who was getting interest from USC, visited Notre Dame over the weekend. 
And now they're saying he's the favorite to go to uh, Notre Dame at this point, after that visit. But we shall see. That, for now, is all we have. Quite a busy weekend. Clemson turning it up a notch. Now they've got their two new coaches in place. By the way, I want to mention this. Compensation for Chris Rumpf. Got a copy of his contract here. This coming year, 24-25, he will make 950. The next year, a mil. The year after that, 1.1. And there are other incentives, performance-based incentives, like 10000 for an ACC championship game appearance, uh, 25000 for a college football playoff championship. Um, so, there, yeah, there's, there's incentives built in there to, to make even more moolah. Matt Luke will make 975 in his first year, then 1.1, then 1.2. So they both got uh, three-year contracts, and those contracts are among the most lucrative for assistant coaches in the country. Okay, hit the break. We'll finish up with your phone calls. What do you think? What are your thoughts? What do you know? What do you don't know? 888-898-2525. South Carolina Education Lottery. Lucky number for you here on Sports Talk. Update basketball as we go to the break. Coastal up on St. Andrews, 52-23. Purdue leads Iowa, 45-24. East Carolina defeats Maryland Eastern Shore, 63-52. Uh, Coming up tonight, Alabama plays Arkansas State, and Furman goes out to Arkansas tonight, catching the Hogs coming off that win over Duke. And we'll be back. The stars do shine brighter at the beach as some of the best senior high school football players in South Carolina will be on display Saturday in the 76th Annual Touchstone Energy Cooperative Bowl. This is Phil Kornbluth. Be sure to join us for our broadcast starting at noon from Doug Shaw Memorial Stadium. We'll have it all from kickoff to postgame, plus the announcement of Mr. Football at halftime. That's the Touchstone Energy Cooperative Bowl this Saturday at noon on the Sports Talk Media Network. Farm Bureau Insurance's agricultural roots and ties to South Carolina farmers have shaped the company's culture and work ethic, providing a unique customer experience. Customers are treated like people, not policies. Now, while other insurance companies may have a one-size-fits-all approach to handling customers, we believe you need to be valued and treated right. Our claims professionals work until the job is done, and our agents still believe in the commitment that comes with a handshake. Call Buddy Bridges and Clinton and Lawrence at 864-923-217 for all of your auto, home, and life insurance needs. Football season is upon us, and that means Columbia is welcoming fans from around the corner and across the country. No matter where you're from, Gamecocks love coming together for game day energy that can only be found in South Carolina's capital city. Book hotel rooms, find pre- and post-game activities, and plan your tailgate spread with local favorites from pimento cheese to barbecue at experiencecolumbiasc.com. We'll see you soon, and go Gamecocks! You've put in the work for your education. The extra early, extra late, extra, extra work. That's because you understand education opens doors to better pay, better opportunities, and a better you. 
Being educated about playing the lottery is no different. It helps you be a better player, one who knows when to play and when to take a rain check. The lottery's a game, so let's keep it fun. Learn more at sceducationlottery.com slash better you. We're with Major Billy Downer of the Department of Natural Resources. Major Downer, let's say I'm out in the woods or I'm on the water and I need to reach a DNR agent. How do I do that? Operation Game Thief, Phil. It's been around 30 plus years. You can call us at our 24-hour hotline any time of day, 1-800-922-5431. To report wildlife violations or to get help if you're in trouble in the woods or on the water, call us at Operation Game Thief, 1-800-922-5431. Hi, this is Lisa Hosteller-Brown. Do you know the difference between a revocable trust and an irrevocable trust? The difference could easily save you hundreds of thousands of dollars in long-term care costs. Visit LawyerLisa.com to schedule a consultation today. Call Lawyer Lisa. Experience the difference with Lawyer Lisa. 7511 St. Andrews Road, Irmo, South Carolina. Daddy, you need a trust. Avoiding excess financial stress from the holidays doesn't take a Christmas miracle. All it takes is a Christmas loan from Founders Federal Credit Union. Our Christmas loan is designed to ease your Yuletide expenses so you can focus on what matters most, spreading joy and love. With our great rates, flexible repayment options, and outstanding service, you'll be ready for whatever the holidays might throw your way. So instead of putting that unexpected sleigh repair on next year's wish list, visit foundersfcu.com slash Christmas loan to unwrap your own magic this Christmas. Relax with Founders Federal Credit Union. Terms and conditions apply. Federally insured by NCUA. Membership qualification required. All right, back we are on Sports Talk. Sports Talk Media Network, looking forward to the rest of the week. We'll be down at the beach with the Touchstone Energy Cooperatives Bowl, and uh, we'll be broadcasting from various spots there, connected with the events surrounding the ball game. Looking forward to that. And, of course, the big day Thursday is when the players, they get 150 bucks to spend on a kid at the Target in Myrtle Beach. Always a, a great moment. And a great event when the players get to go out and and share some good times with a a youngster. And we'll be there for that as well. We have uh, a few more minutes for some final calls tonight here on Sports Talk. Phone number 888-898-2525. Jamie up in Anderson. Great to have you with us tonight. Welcome in. How are you? Hey, Phil. How you doing, man? Man, fantastic. How are you? I'm good. Hey, uh, a couple of things, man. I would love to then, uh, pick your brain for about 30 minutes. I know we only got a few minutes, but uh, on the recruiting front, first of all, I want to tell you, you do a great job professionally. Uh, I live up here in the upstate and uh, uh, listen to a lot of the upstate stations, but I picked up a little part-time job a couple of months ago and started listening to you, and so I thought I'd chime in. And, uh, well, thank I, I you. Worked, yeah, thank you did you. a great job. Thank you. Um, and also uh, – I wanted to comment. I'm a Clemson fan. Uh, on the uh, hires today, I think Dabo, he really stepped up his game. I think he proved that everybody called him out, Tyler and Spartanburg, a few weeks hmm. ago. But I think Dabo, uh, 
you know, he took it personal, but I also think as a – and I've had a lot of Carolina fans or friends with me that tell me at least you know your coach cares. And, uh, you know, he made two great hires today. Uh, the kid, Adams, that committed, uh, I saw him personally play. My daughter uh, cheers for Westside High School over here in Anderson. And uh, he disrupted our quarterback, which will be a senior next year. And if either one of these coaches feel uh, Beamer or Dabo lets his kid get out of state, they're crazy, man. Mm-hmm. They're crazy. I've heard good things about him. I've heard good things about him. He can really, he can really play. And uh, that kid uh, for South Florence, he really disrupted him the other day, and they kept him on the run. But he, he won the game with his legs, and also they had a couple uh, good breaks. But anyway, so on that front, uh, Dabo made some great hires. I'm proud of that and all. But uh, the thing I want to talk to you about is the uh, <laughs> this playoffs. I really think the playoff committee got it correct because, let's face it, Florida State would have got blown out by all these teams. And I'm not so sure that they would have beat these teams with their quarterback because I wasn't impressed with them all year long. But, you know, they got screwed. And it's a team game at the end of the, end of the year. And I'm going to leave this with this point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you remember the COVID year when they screwed up. And I'm thinking how Mike Norvell thinks or whatever. Would this be – and I know this is crazy, Phil, and it's going to ruffle a lot of feathers. Payback. Would they be Would they be tempted to about three days before that bowl game to say, you know what, screw it. We're already done. I've already heard they're going – if they go to any conference, it would be the Big Ten. I may be wrong. Mike, you go ahead and burn your bridges with SEC and ACC and just say, hey, what, we're not going to play. Yeah. No, I don't think that could happen. I think that would be such an embarrassment for the school and the program, and you know, there's there's probably some costs involved in all that. Um, so, <clears throat> I mean, I think that um, <coughs> excuse me, you know, I think the reaction of the university president and Norvell publicly on Twitter was was, I mean, I understand they were upset, okay. Uh, but I thought they were a little over the top, and I would, you know, to just uh, attack everything and everybody related to the process with their with their statements. Um, I mean, listen, you're you're in athletics, and you win you win sometimes. You win graciously. You should lose graciously. Yeah, you feel like you got ripped off here, but if you took a step back. And we're honest with yourself. Well, I guess Norvell and the Florida State people can't do that. But if you if you don't have a dog in the fight and you look at it objectively, there's just and it's not like the backup quarterback. And people can say, well, you know, he might he might play well. Well, you have no proof of that because he really hasn't played very much. So you don't know what you've got. It, it's when you lose your starting quarterback, but one who is of a Heisman caliber elite status it hurts your football team okay and it's not the same football team there's just no argument you can convince me that it is the same football team they scored 10 points against louisville the other night now the weather conditions were tough too but they scored 10 points yeah their defense played great etc but they scored 10 points um put that team on the field against one of the other three teams and they're probably going to get embarrassed. It'll look like Michigan, Iowa. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you want that, if you want to, you know, sacrifice everything to the Wolves for the sake of the money and 
you know, being in the Final Four and taking your whipping. Okay, so be it. But you're going to get embarrassed. You know, you're, you're, you're better off, really. You're better off. You might catch Georgia napping. Remember the last time Georgia went to a bowl game after not making the playoffs, which was a few years ago, didn't they just barely escape in the the Sugar Bowl against some inferior, some lower-level opponent that they had to play? They barely escaped, or maybe they even lost. Go back and look. Last time they – the point is these teams that are used to going to the playoffs, when they have to take that step down, they're disinterested in large – it's like going to the NIT for these teams, for these power teams. They're, they're disinterested. So – but thank you very much for the phone call. Great hearing from you. So we can squeeze in one more. We got uh, a little over a minute. Danny in Greenville. Uh, Danny, be a hero. Get it done in a minute. Oh, I will. I just uh, can't understand. Uh, Chris Rump is one of the best coaches. Been out there for a long time, and Carolina never did try to get him. I don't understand that. He's a good recruiter and good coach. Mm-hmm. Well, he was on South Carolina staff, you know, at one time, on Brad Scott's staff. Yeah, but, I mean, he had a chance. He was at Tennessee, and he was at Florida, and mm-hmm. he's been to Clemson. I just don't understand. I, I don't he, know if maybe some – Yeah, I don't know if maybe some bridges were burned or something when he left. Uh, then again, he left Clemson the first, last time around, and some bridges were damaged, maybe not burned. He didn't leave with pats on the back and hugs, I think, you know. But they got past it. Now, I, I wonder if he's been away from the Vikings, you know, on a personal leave of absence, but nobody said what that's all about. But uh, we'll see if that's ever made public. That'll do it. Hey, thank you for the calls. We'll do it again tomorrow night. Have a great night. Thank you, Pat. See you tomorrow. This is Sports Talk with Phil Cordblue, Chris Bergen, and Pat Daniels. Sports Talk is heard across the state on radio affiliates of the Sports Talk Media Network and is streaming live on SportstalkSE.com as well as Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. The South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number to call in is 888-898-2525. That's 888-898-2525. Now, here are Phil, Chris, and Pat with tonight's edition of Sports Talk. All right, good evening, everybody. Welcome into Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. How was your weekend? Kind of busy, huh? Kind of busy. So much to talk about, so little time. I asked Kevin Cohen to give us an extra two hours tonight. He denied us. He is, of course, the owner-operator of flagship station, The Point Radio, here in Columbia. But we'll squeeze in as much as we can here on this Monday night. Pat Daniel, Phil Cornblute here in Columbia. Chris Bergen over at Coastal Carolina for basketball. He'll be joining us in just a minute. So what a uh, – my head is spinning. I mean, truly, it is spinning, and I've had nothing to drink except for a nice coffee. Ah! Going back to Friday, high school championships, Gamecock basketball. Saturday, Furman football, high school championships – more basketball, Sunday, college football playoff. Oh, and, and of course, Saturday uh, conference championships for the colleges. And then the CFP announcement, 
Yesterday, Clemson basketball, uh, USC women's basketball, Clemson men's soccer, uh, Clemson women's soccer. Um, of course, they lost, didn't they? But they still played. Um, but, you know, I mean, just so many things. Uh, my head is spinning. I've, I've just, I think I've got to start the show with, of course, the biggest topic, the number one topic, the key event of the weekend, the thing that's got everybody, of course, talking all across the country. <laughs> How about those Packers? How about those Packers? Hello? This thing on? Hello? How about those Packers? <laughs> Give me some love. Give me Jordan Love, the new rising superstar of the NFL. All right, now that that's off my chest, what a game last night, too. I know, I know, there was a bad call at the end, but we got a bad call prior to that, so it all it all evens out. Uh, phone number, 888 South Carolina Education Lottery, lucky number. We'll turn it over to you in a moment because I know you want to opine about everything over the weekend. Clemson coaches, the two hires, Chris Rumpf, uh, Matt Luke. We'll talk about that, both to be extremely well-paid. Dabo Sweeney, obviously when he fires coaches, he has in mind who he wants. He goes out and gets them, and he pays a price, or the school pays a price. And they they paid a hefty price to get a new OL coach and a new defensive ends coach. And the transfer portal, John, now totally in effect beginning today. And South Carolina in particular, I'm not citing them over anybody else, but when you've got as many going into the portal, John, like they do, it's something that catches your attention. They're up around like 15 or 16. I'd have to go back and count. Um not to mention those who are entering the draft. And today at Clemson, Rook Orororo entering the draft. I'm going to, you know, from a Clemson football standpoint and his performance and all that, sorry to see him go. From a spelling of the name standpoint and pronouncing it, happy to see him go. I mean, between Uyangalale and Ororororo, it's pretty tough on a broadcaster and a writer. So uh, wish him well at the next level. We'll hit on all that stuff and, of course, uh, recruiting. Big recruiting win for Clemson. Clemson had a huge uh, recruiting weekend, didn't they? They got the number one player in the state that everybody had pegged for South Carolina. Just goes to show you, you can't believe what you read all the time. In fact, I have adopted, as Chris Bergen joins us now, because I want to hear him laugh at this, uh, I've adopted the philosophy of the recruiting experts, Chris. All right. I'm waiting with bated breath. Yeah, well, you know, they, ears. They, they, they play this game with the crystal balls. You know, they make a prediction, and then, of course, when they find out they're wrong, they change their crystal ball prediction so they can never be wrong. So I'm officially changing my prediction of Tommy Frazier from Clemson to Nebraska. <laughs> so I don't want to ever hear from another person who said I got it wrong. At the end of the day, Changing my crystal ball prediction, I got it right. Tommy Frazier to Nebraska. I've changed it based on my sources. Now, I've heard from a – and I've talked to a lot of sources. That's what I'm doing. I'm changing. So, get off my back. Uh, how are you, sir? 
I am well, sir. Thank you. Had a terrific weekend until I popped up on social media and saw nothing on our timeline today but transfer portal news. I am so tired. They only have one day for the portal. We'll make it a national holiday. Everybody that wants to go into the transfer portal does so on December the 15th. It'll be a national holiday. And after that, you've got to stay where you are. So you have one day to make a decision because this has gotten beyond ridiculous. And so this thing with Tommy Frazier, that haunts you still 40 years later? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I hear it from people. I hear it whenever they want to point out my inadequacies. That one and Garrison Hurst. Uh, back when Garrison Hurst was coming out of Lincolnton, is it Lincolnton, Georgia? Uh, not Lincolnton. What's that town? Well, whatever. The town in Georgia near the border. Uh, well, it's not really near the border, come to think of it. Anyway, yeah, I had him going to South Carolina there for a while because from talking to him, that's kind of what he led me to believe. Of course, he went to Georgia. So that could be a second one I could go back and fix. But I'll just stick with Tommy Frazier for now because that was the one I was most adamant about back in 19... When was that? About 1990-something that he came through? Um, but, yeah, so I'm adopting these rules that everybody else uses. If I don't, if I'm wrong, I'll just change my prediction so that I'm right. So I've changed it now to Tommy Frazier. I love it. I think that's the best way to go. But what do you think about my idea of the one-day national holiday for the transfer portal? Oh, 100%. All in favor. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, if No you, school. You don't have to worry about anything but deciding whether or not you're going to come back. Well, if you You've know got one day to make that decision. If you know you're leaving, you're leaving. You've already had your exit visit with the coaches. And, you know, I don't know what this means about – and I'm not picking on South Carolina. I mean, they're just the ones that have had a bunch of transfers. I mean, was their recruiting that bad over two classes that so many players couldn't make it in their system? Because, let's face it, a lot of these guys are being kicked to the curb. They're being told there's no no place here for you because you haven't developed, you, you're not good enough, and so we're just going to go out to the transfer portal, John, and, and find replacements. I mean, you know that's what's happening, not just at South Carolina, but all across the country. So does that mean these guys are making mistakes with their recruiting? Are they buying, you know, are they buying too much into the star rankings? Because let's face it, star rankings don't make the player talent and heart and determination and desire ultimately make the player. So those who live by the recruiting rankings and star uh, opinions uh, lose in that same category. But, I mean, I'd have to go back and look and, and see it, but this is a pretty unusually large number of people hitting the transfer portal, John, from one school like South Carolina to this point. Now, don't get me wrong. I know, like, Colorado had, what, 50 last year or something because Sanders basically told everybody to leave. Um that was a unique situation. Yeah, that was a coaching change, too. Exactly, exactly. But he came in and he told everybody, leave. You know, I'm going to bring in a whole new a whole new roster. Um, so, you know, South Carolina, again, when you have players leave, is that is that an admission that you, you were poor in evaluating and recruiting them, poor in coaching them, or they were bad? Maybe they didn't put in. I'm, I'm going to put on the players, too. Maybe they didn't buy in. Maybe they didn't put in the effort, et cetera, et cetera, and it was time for them to go. You know, I guess every case is, you know, is is up for discussion. Every case has a has an individual story. Uh, but the Gamecocks are hitting the transfer portal, John, hard with a lot of offers, and they got some guys coming in for visits. So we'll see how that plays out as they try to um, rebuild the roster. 
in the meantime, oh, I'll real, just real quick, if I may, just curious if you have uh, if this is more of your knowledge because I think you're probably mostly right. But do you have info from within USC Athletics that a number of these players are being given their papers to leave, like kick to the curb, or is this just more what you're kind of assuming is happening? Or uh, just just curious where that info may have came may have come from. Yes, got it. <laughs> now to the uh, statement. Yes, college football playoff deal. I mean, here's my thoughts. Here's my thoughts. Okay, I mean, I'm not going to get into whether or not we're better off, worse off with this system or not. I mean, that's been debated uh, forever and ever since it was created in in 2014. After the previous system, after the previous system. You ask me, I think we should go back to New Year's Day, all the top teams playing in the New Year's Day Bowls, and we judge them from that because basically you're doing the same thing now. Yeah, there's a 14 playoff, but to get to that 14 playoff, it's a subjective decision of a panel of people who look at the games, look at the data, and they make a human choice based on what they happen to think happens to be the one of the best four teams and the next best four team and so on it's a human decision it's not objective it is subjective and until the the colleges get to a point where they've got an nfl playoff system where you actually win your way in without debate and without at large selections that require a human input of of a subjective uh, opinion you're going to have these arguments. Even when you go to the 12 teams, you know it's going to be coming You know, deeper down the line, number 13, number 14, who's left out. But all that being said, in my opinion, I think Georgia is one of the best four teams in the country. They lost one game by three points in the SEC championship game and somehow managed to drop from number one to number six, not even to number five, to number six. That is pretty radical punishment for a two-time defending champion who had a 29-game winning streak and lost by three points and had a controversial call go against them in the game. That was critical. So if you ask me, they should be in and Texas should be out. I think it should be Michigan, Washington, Georgia, and Alabama. Now, that's just my opinion. And my opinion is no different than yours as far as it being an opinion and Pat's opinion. We all have opinions on who we think the four are which is the problem with the system, because the four who are in it are in it based on opinions. Um, now, when we used to pick it, New Year's Day, all the games played, and then the AP writers and the UPI writers and or, and, and, or coaches now, whatever, when they made their decisions, they based it on opinion. They watched the games, they watched the performances, they decided, okay, this team had the best performance, had the best season all the way around. This is who I think is the national champion. So I don't really see a difference in how we're doing it now, except it's just at a different timeline. We're picking off of opinion the four teams to play in a playoff versus just picking a champion after all the New Year's Day bowl games where you had the best teams in the country all playing at the same time. So those are my four. I think Georgia should be there. Florida State – yeah, I hate it for you, but Jordan Travis is such a huge, huge chunk of your offense. You can't tell me without him you're the same team. And especially in today's football world where the quarterback is everything, 
where the rules are set up for the quarterback, where you can't touch the quarterback because he's so important. You all admit the quarterback is so important. He makes the most money on any given team. I would bet you the quarterback does, if he's a terrific quarterback, as Jordan Travis is. So you can't tell me the quarterback is not the heart and soul and engine of your football team. You can point to your defense and you can point to your backup and all that, but you're not the same team. So I felt terrible for him because with a healthy Jordan Travis, absolutely, they deserve to be there uh, or should be there, not just deserve, but if you want the best four, and that's the whole idea, the whole charge of the committee was to get to the best four. Without their quarterback, they're not one of the best four, in my opinion, Chris. Oh, wow. Where to begin? I'll start with your comments on Georgia. Georgia got screwed because they play in a conference that has a title game. If they did not have to play in the FCC championship, I would agree with you. They should be in. But they did not win their league. So you eliminate Georgia from the mix. And there used to be a time, and this is not just athletics, this is in our country, where we celebrated excellence. But the one thing we don't do anymore is we do not celebrate excellence. It's almost like a sin that you want to be great at something. It's better off to be mediocre. And all I have to do is look at the South Carolina High School League. Hey, win two games. You're in the playoffs because we celebrate mediocrity at the high school level. We do it in Little League. And we're now starting, unfortunately, to do it in college athletics. Regular season in men's basketball has been deteriorated and watered down because we've got way too many teams to make the postseason. So all you really have to do is play well for about a week in March. You get to go play for a national championship. My biggest concern about the 12-team playoff was going to be that it would water down the college football regular season. But I think what we just saw yesterday, and I'll totally disagree with you on Florida State, they proved that the regular season means nothing now in college football. Florida State did everything they were asked to do, regardless, and the committee, to its credit, there is a clause in their bylaws that other relevant factors factor in, and one of them is injuries to key players. But if I'm not mistaken, Ohio State ran through, what, three quarterbacks the year they got in and may have gone on to win the national championship. Florida State was an unbeaten conference champion. The discussion should not have been between they and Alabama or they and Texas. They should have been just like Washington and um, Michigan. They should have been automatic once they won on Saturday. I'll concede that they're not the same offense without Jordan Travis. You're right. But their defense is exceptional. It is elite. And it was good enough for them to get into the college football playoff. They should have been in. The discussion should have been, as you pointed out, between Georgia, Texas, and Alabama. And then at that point, I think you have to put in Texas. I think this is one of the years where folks nationally who believe there's an SEC bias have plenty of ammunition because Alabama lost to Texas. Florida State went through and won its conference and was undefeated. And if you take Jordan Travis out of the mix and put Florida State in any other league and they go through the same scenario, my guess is they're in the college football playoff. I think they got hurt by being in the ACC. I think they used the Jordan Travis situation against them. They belong in the college football playoff because they are unbeaten. They couldn't have done anything else. They could have done any better than what they did. And what's going to happen now, Georgia will run them off the field in the bowl game because Florida State will have numerous players who won't want to play. They'll they'll not be motivated for that game. And then coming out of that contest, it'll be, see, we told you, Florida State wasn't good enough to be in the playoffs, and that could not be further from the truth. Their team does not want to be playing in a New Year's Six Bowl. They deserve to be in the playoffs, and it goes back to my comment I've made numerous times. Our country used to celebrate excellence, but now all we do is reward mediocrity, and it's a shame, and it mostly occurs in athletics. 
And I think absolutely the committee got it wrong yesterday. Florida State deserves to be in, and they got screwed. Pat, what you got? You got thoughts? I do, and I, I hear everything both of you guys are saying and agree with a lot of what each of you are saying. But I'll tell you, in a, in a big group chat with a, a number of friends that we're all, we all love football, we all love sports, the moment Texas won their game, I texted to my friends, Florida State's out. It, didn't, it, it made no difference to me at that point what happened in that game unless they beat Louisville by four scores or more. I, I thought their fate had already been sealed. The moment Texas won was then when exactly what I think Chris was alluding to came into play. Texas stomped Alabama earlier this year in Tuscaloosa, not in Texas, not at a neutral site, in Tuscaloosa, which just does not happen when Nick Saban is the head coach. They crushed him. So I think if anything there, if you're looking head-to-head at a Big 12 champ who also just thoroughly beat down Oklahoma State in their championship game or an Alabama team, I think you'd have to give the edge there to Texas. So then it came down to that the one seed being, obviously it was going to be Michigan, two had to be uh, uh, Washington, three would then, I would say, Texas, four would come, would come down to Alabama or uh, uh, Florida State. And I think at that point, the SEC bias is always going to come out. I'm not saying I agree with it, but I do think, Chris, right there, it gave ammunition to all the folks out there that want to make that claim because, again, you are not going to have an SEC champ left out of the playoff. That is just simply not going to happen. And I think at that point, you had to look at it, okay, well, there's eight teams that we might argue are deserving. How do we factor those in? Well, the best way or easiest way at our disposal is to look at the conference championship games as essentially the college football playoff quarterfinals because you had eight teams there. I realize it's not a perfect science, but it's the closest metric we could come up with. And at that point, Alabama beat Georgia. It was a neutral site. If anything, you could argue it was more of a bulldog site because of that game's, of course, in Atlanta. But at that point, I hate to say it for Georgia, but then Alabama gets the tiebreaker over them. And if you're going to go between Alabama who has made a big push into the season. They have a great strength of schedule. They won the SEC. I realize Florida State went 2-0 against the SEC this year, and they beat Florida with a backup quarterback. They beat up on LSU to, to open the season. I still think I would give the tie break there to Alabama if we're looking at the way the team is constructed now. And I think Kirk Herbstreet said it best when he said the same logic would apply if Michigan lost their starting quarterback. They'd be looked at completely differently. If Washington lost Penix Jr., who may win the Heisman, that would completely change the way that we look at Washington. So the same logic could be used applied could be applied to any of these four teams or any of these eight teams. And even going back to the Clemson days, I'd like Clemson fans out there to be honest with yourselves. If Deshaun Watson got hurt and was out the rest of the year, would those Clemson teams have still made the playoff against what most people thought was a, a relatively weak ACC or a she as a lot of people used to say then? Would they have? Would the Trevor Lawrence-led teams have made it to the playoff if Trevor Lawrence had gotten hurt and you had just a Chase Bryce behind him? I know Chase Bryce came out and was great, helped win against Syracuse to preserve that national championship season, but do you really think that Clemson would have been selected over some other teams as well? I just think this is one of those years where it's unfortunate it happened in the final year of the four-team playoff, but it was inevitable that at some point in the playoff we'd have a doomsday scenario like this. The moment it was announced to be a four-team playoff, but there's five Power Five champions, somebody's always going to get left out. It just fortunately until now had never been this exact situation where you potentially would have an undefeated conference champion left out. 
So you can tell everybody's got different opinions, and that's okay. I mean, that's what college football really has been built on over all these years, different opinions. Until they come up with an absolute system that takes the human element out of it, you're going to always have these arguments and these opinions. So that is what makes college sports go round and round. Uh, We'll get to your phone calls coming up here in just a couple of minutes. 888-898-2525. Those of you on the phones, hang on. Want to hit on a couple of other things here before uh, Bergie leaves us. You've got basketball tonight. I know it's another thriller over at the HTC Center tonight. Who's rolling in? Well, it is St. Andrews out of Laurenburg, North Carolina, NAIA program, who's 3-6 and six on the year. Should be a relatively easy night for Coastal, but they have yet to have one of these, including their season opener where you thought, all right, Piedmont should be an easy win and turned out to be a two-point nail-biter. But it'll uh, be interesting to see how Coastal comes off the matchup with Winthrop on Saturday, which was just an amazing ball game. One thing I've said for a long time, Phil, is Winthrop Coastal never disappoints. It may disappoint you as a fan one way or the other, but the game itself never disappoints. And props to Winthrop for grabbing an amazing 28 offensive rebounds in that 90-87 win on Saturday. So the big thing is how does Coastal respond today, starting to get a little healthy as they get back to uh, playing you know, twice a week. Uh, they've had several ball games in a short period of time. They don't play again until this coming Saturday against Wofford. So this sort of a game where you get your starters, you hope, Play about 25 minutes to get them out and start getting some of the younger guys in, but we'll see. Okay. Uh, by the way, remember I told everybody, look out for Clemson in the Gator Bowl. I just had a feeling that that was going to work out. I knew it took some things over the weekend to happen to give Clemson that opportunity, but I had to believe that uh, the folks at the Gator Bowl, uh, they were going to pull every everything they could pull on, every connection they could to get Clemson over North Carolina or anybody else, just knowing that uh, a Clemson team coming off a win over South Carolina, four wins this month, they're going to have a little bit of excitement to them, and they'll bring a big crowd. I think Clemson fans will travel real well to uh, Jacksonville on December 27th. Um, And, you know, you go and you take a a Louisville, for example, and you plug them in somewhere else because um, they're not going to take a lot of people. And North Carolina's not going to take a lot of people. So I think that they probably figured, let's take Clemson. We'll get a big crowd in here, uh, match them up with a pretty good SEC team in Kentucky. Not great. And Clemson's a seven-point favorite. Uh, But make for an interesting matchup. Our poll question of the week is, how did the committee do, in your opinion? We've had um, 432 votes today. 47.9% say it's the right four. 36.1% say Florida State should be in. Alabama out. 10.6. Georgia in. Texas out. Uh, Texas out. 5.3. Florida State in. Texas out. All right, Chris. Enjoy your ball game, sir. Thanks, guys. See you tomorrow. Talk to you tomorrow. We'll be back to take your calls. <laughs> Okay, welcome back, everybody. Sports Talk, Sports Talk Media Network. For those of you listening to, watching the stream, we're breaking in a new piece of equipment here on Sports Talk. And so eventually you'll see our smiling faces. But for now, until we get everything set up right, we've got the uh, the timeout overlay 
across the screen. But that'll change here shortly. 888-898-2525 is our phone number. We go to Keith in Camden, first with us tonight. We'll take a bunch of phone calls, except for recruiting. It's all phone calls rest of the night. Welcome in, Keith. Good to have you with us. Hey, Phil. Hey. How you doing? Great, sir. Pat? Good to have you. I, I know Chris is involved with a basketball game, I think. But uh, just a general comment, and then I'd like you to respond. It, you know, naturally, uh, a kid plays a role uh, when he comes into the university as far as his work habit, uh, you know, keeping his grades up, not getting in trouble, etc. But when you look uh, at uh, the responsibility of the coaches, number one, you, you got to be able to uh, develop relationships and recruit. At the end of the day, that's what it's all about. And then you got to develop that talent, and then you got to implement a scheme that works based on what you have. And let's just be honest. After watching this weekend, watching all the different teams and seeing them, a lot of them, nine wins, ten wins, um, outside of one or two coaches, I, I think that uh, they deservingly, you know, are in the D uh, to C minus category. Uh, if you have that many people leaving, it's not totally because they're bad kids or they just don't have good worth ethic. Uh, it it has to be a combination of everything, but I think it's just uh, being able to evaluate talent. And uh, if you go back and look last year, how many offers we made compared to somewhere like Clemson or Georgia, uh, it'll blow your mind. It's just like we're throwing it out there. We hope something sticks. Mm. But uh, we've got a long way to go. After just watching all the games Saturday, uh, it was, uh, you know, it was pretty uh, frustrating to think, man, we really do have a long way to go. And I understand we're in the SEC and we may never get there, but um, something's got to change if we hope to improve. I'm just curious of what you think. Nah. Well, uh, yeah, that's that's a lot to unfold. Thank you very much. Great hearing from you. Uh, winning SEC championships takes, obviously, uh, a lot of talent. It takes uh, good luck. It takes uh, excellent coaching. It takes the right schedule. In some cases, it takes uh, some breaks coming your way. And, you know, how far away is South Carolina from doing that? Um, I mean, sometimes you can catch lightning in a bottle, and it just happens. It just all comes together. Look at this basketball team. Look at the Clemson basketball team. Who saw this? Uh, you know, Clemson now number 23 in the AP polls. They break into the poll this week, or is it 24? 23 or 24. South Carolina, 7-0, one of the best three-point shooting teams in the country. Two 7-0 teams to meet Wednesday night. I bring this up to say, who'd have thunk it? Now, they got a long way to go. I mean, they're only, what, about a quarter of the way through the season, of the regular season. So a lot of basketball to be played. You know, football, same thing can happen. You can have it all come together when you when you least expect it. From a South Carolina standpoint, this year's team, obviously, the injuries on the offensive line and the constant turnover there, the 
the injury to Juice Wells, his uh, his absence, huge. Um, the shorthandedness in the running back room took him a while to find somebody who they who who could become uh, at least respectable in the uh, at the running back position. So all these things, you know, offensively, they had a lot to overcome, and uh, some of it you know, brought on by themselves, poor decisions, poor recruiting. Uh, Certainly you can't blame them for losing uh, Lloyd to the transfer portal, John, to go to Southern Cal for whatever reason. I mean, when kids leave, they leave. What can you do? You can try to buy them back, but if they have their eyes set on something that that they think is bigger, you know, uh, what can you do? So defensively, they were, for much of the season, not as good as they had been. Uh, they had trouble getting off the field. They had trouble stopping the run. I do think they got better the last part of the season. Even in the loss to Clemson, I thought the defense held in there pretty well. It made a respectable showing. Held the Tigers without an offensive touchdown. So the kicking game was not the as good as it was last year in terms of um, becoming game-turning uh, factors. Remember last year in the return game, in the fake game, all that, they turned games their way. They won games, not this year, either because of poor timing, other teams waiting for it, poor execution, whatever. So, yeah, South Carolina, just based on what you might have seen over the weekend, you look at the cream of the crop and you look at Alabama and Georgia and you go, my goodness, they're a long way off. At least you won't have to deal with Georgia next season, but you will have to deal with Alabama. So, you know, pick your poison there if you're if you're the Gamecocks. Um, but it's a long, hard grind in the SEC. I think everybody knows that. There are teams who've been in the SEC uh, more than twice as long as the Gamecocks, and they've never tasted the wine of victory of a championship. Or if they have, maybe it's just been once in their 70-some-odd years in the SEC. So... It's a top-heavy league. It always has been. You think it's going to change? Uh, Texas and Oklahoma coming in, do you think they're just going to come in and start winning SEC championships all of a sudden? Maybe they will because they're established powerhouse programs. But if you believe what the SEC believes it is, this is no longer a walk in the park for them, leaving what they've had in the Big 12 and whatever other leagues they've been in over the years to – step into the almighty SEC, if the SEC is all that almighty moving forward. So I think if you're a Gamecock fan, you should be like, you know, I wouldn't sweat it. I'd hope for eight or nine wins about every other year. If if my coach can deliver me eight or nine wins and get me to a good bowl game and then maybe, you know, on that rare occasion like 2010 where it all comes together with an older team that's talented and well-coached, it all comes together, you get a chance to play for an SEC championship, well, you know, there you go. But turning around South Carolina's football program overnight just ain't going to happen. Not just going through the portal, not just recruiting high school kids. It's just not going to happen. I mean, you've had the best quarterback, the best passing quarterback you've ever had just come through your program. 
and matching that will be extremely difficult. You you had one of the best receivers you've ever had in a single season just go through your program. Matching that is going to be difficult to do. And, Phil, you mentioned Oklahoma and Texas. Just a quick point on them. Both teams will be losing their starting quarterbacks, or I think we're all under the impression that uh, Quinn Ewers will be entering the draft from Texas, but he might return. But if he does decide to leave, both of those programs will be entering the SEC with a question mark at quarterback. Because earlier today, Dylan Gabriel entered his name into the portal from Oklahoma. I would assume that means he's probably going to Mississippi State, maybe to rejoin his now former offensive coordinator, new head coach at, at Mississippi State. And then Texas, I get it. They have Arch Manning behind him. They've, both teams have an abundance of quote-unquote five-star quarterbacks coming in, but none of those guys have any experience. Arch Manning threw five passes this entire season. Uh, but I would assume that means they're going to redshirt him from this year. But again, that's a big question mark for them, so I would think you hit the nail on the head. They're not going to come in and just instantly win anything, I wouldn't think. But from, I hate to be, you know, sound like that guy, but I mean, according to the uh, recruiting networks, experience not an issue this arch manning was like ready to go the nfl in the minds of some coming out of high school you know he was ready to go um so experience or lack of experience he's supposed to be the guy at texas moving forward um and we'll see we'll see if that indeed turns out to be the case all right uh, thank you for the phone call let's go to uh 888-898-2525 james in sumter welcome into sports talk good to have you with us how are you Hey man, I'm I'm doing good, but I can tell you I'm irate. I respect you guys a lot. I listen to this show a lot. I don't call a lot, but I can tell you this, guys. I am sick and tired of the SEC and what happened here. Now this is not just the SEC, but the SEC has gotten with ESPN. And for you, for for people who don't want to believe it, look, there's a reason Texas got in. The national championship game is in Houston, Texas, okay? Uh, Michigan, they're not so great. Michigan ain't so great. They've been cheating like hell the whole time. Mm. They're not so great. But you know why they're getting in? Because they're a large TV draw. This is about ESPN versus Fox. The SEC is ESPN's bell cow, okay? Mm. And we all know Disney has been in a lot of financial trouble. What they did to Florida State, is a travesty to the sport. And if I'm a Clemson fan tonight, I'm worried because they just told you, Clemson, you don't matter. Now, you're going to take a blue blood like Florida State, 13-0, and and throw them under the bus like that. Now, hey, everybody's here old enough to remember. You guys are a little bit older than me, but I'm across 50. I remember back in 1990, 91, everybody said the Buffalo Bills were going to kill the New York Giants. You know what Bill Parcells did? Mm. He said, we're going to milk the clock. We're going to play defense like hell. We're going to knock Jim Kelly around, and we're going to run the football. Now, why can't Florida State do that? Okay? Now, in my opinion, it should be. It should have been Michigan, Washington, Florida State, and Texas. And you guys just said something you don't understand. You don't realize the bias you're even speaking. It is not blasphemy against the Lord Jesus Christ if – uh, SEC team don't make the playoffs. Alabama barely beat Auburn, who 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 was terrible this year. I watched Alabama play against South Florida. They were terrible at that time with 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 with, with their backup and Milrow. They were terrible, but they just had time to improve. 
So who's to say Tate Rodmaker? Okay, and he's not that bad. He played last year some. Who's to say Florida State cannot buckle down the hatches, run the football, because they got some guys that's going to the NFL that can run the football. Who's to say they can't run the football, play defense like hell, and make a few throws to that six seven dude and the other guy, Keon Coleman, he's going to be a first-round pick. Who's to say that they can't make a game out of this? But know what this is about. This is about. You, you, they're, get, they're trying to get two SEC teams in there because Texas is coming to the SEC soon. They are trying to get two teams in there because ESPN desperately needs the SEC. They need the SEC fan base, and guys, is wrong. We are watching WWE Entertainment because if, if you guys didn't know, ESPN, they hired years ago, they quietly years ago hired a bunch of people from Vince McMahon over at WWE. Why do you think Stephen A. Smith and all these guys are on TV talking trash like wrestling managers? Because they went there and they hired those people. They said, well, how do you guys get how – how is this a billion-dollar operation? Everybody knows it's fake, but it's still a billion-dollar entity. It, it, it's a, it's, I'm, I'm just saying I, it just hurt for the sport. And, and you know what? What they told Florida State, Clemson, Miami, all of these teams, you mean nothing. And in my opinion, Clemson, Florida State, North Carolina, and Miami, they should go to the Big Ten, bring the Big Ten down south, and punish ESPN and, and the SEC for what they've done. I'll just hang up and listen. Okay. Thank you very much, James. Love the passion, the insight, the thought, and the part about ESPN and the SEC being in bed together on practically everything, I could not agree with more. I've made that argument before myself. I mean, I it's an unsavory relationship when it comes to these kind of decisions. Does the SEC always get the benefit of the doubt because – they are the major partner with ESPN, and ESPN owns the playoffs and basically owns college football. Yeah, I know you got Fox in there now, too, trying to become a bigger player. But it's been ESPN, and the talking heads on ESPN 24 hours a day are always uh, playing up the SEC. And, um, yeah, I hear what you're saying with that. And if you want to play conspiracy theorist on all this, go right ahead. I think it's worthwhile to think that uh, Greg Sankey made a phone call or two to ensure that somebody from the SEC was going to get in. That's why I said last week the winner of the SEC championship game is going to be in the playoff. Now, Georgia would have been <clears throat> an easy one because they were undefeated if they, if they beat Alabama. The stretch in some minds would have been Alabama, but my feeling was the SEC was not going to be not represented. Is that a double negative? was not going to be not represented. Um, and I actually thought that if Alabama won, that Georgia would get in too. So that was one area where I, I think they probably settled on, okay, just at least give us Alabama. If you're not going to take Georgia, at least give us Alabama. Yeah, I think the power play was certainly uh, in vogue there, always has been and always will, as long as you got that kind of money um, involved in the relationship, and it is the driving force behind that relationship. The SEC is. So as far as Florida State, I feel for you. I mean, I really do, and I hear you, and I want to believe you. 
I want to believe you. I want to be that type of person that says football was more than just a one-man game because that's what I've been preached to for 60-something years. It's more. It's all this. It's all that. But you know as well as I do the game has become so much quarterback-centric. And just look at good football teams who lose. And Jordan Travis is not just a starting quarterback. He's an exceptional He's an exceptional starting quarterback, okay? This isn't just a guy who was um, steering the, the wheel. He was the engine behind it. He did everything offensively. Yeah, you know, you got Coleman. You got the big receiver. You got a nice running game. It all spun off of Jordan Travis. You know, the, back, the backup is the backup for a reason. So you're the committee, and you're thinking, who are the best four teams? Who are the healthiest four teams? Who's going to bring all their weapons to this gunfight? I hate to use that. That's a bad analogy. Who's going to bring all their 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 ponies to this horse race? Um, and they saw that Florida State was going to be short. They were going to be short at quarterback. And you just, I'm sorry. I, I can't disagree with that. As much as I think Florida State had a great year, and when Jordan Travis was there, look, I had him in before he got hurt. I I maybe even had him in talking about him this past week. But getting past not having that quarterback, not just a starting quarterback, but that quarterback, I think it was hard to get past that. Got to hit the break. Be back in a moment. South Carolina's taste buds have spoken, and they're asking for beef. There are more than 7,800 farms raising cattle from pasture to plate in the Palmetto State. So whether it's steaks on the grill before the big game, sirloin medallions plated for date night, or burgers with a family, make sure beef is a part of your playbook this football season. Smoke, grilled, and slow-roasted. Find the best way to enjoy your beef at sccattle.org. Beef. It's what's for dinner in South Carolina. Funded by the South Carolina Beef Council, part of the Beef Checkoff Program. I'm attorney Jim Corbett. That's the sound of a big hit on you and your car or truck. I've been an attorney for more than 30 years, helping people who get injured in car wrecks and truck wrecks. If you have serious injuries, call Jim Corbett, 803-765-2968, or email me at jim at jimcorbettattorney.com. That's C-O-R-B-E-T-T. I don't get paid unless I recover for you. Jim Corbett Attorney, for your best recovery from a big hit, 803-765-2968, or jim at jimcorbettattorney.com. The lottery is not about getting rich. It's about helping people, and it always has been. The lottery is what helped raise the Great Wall of China, build the roads of Rome, and today in South Carolina, it's what generates millions of dollars each year for scholarships like the SC Hope, Life, and Palmetto Fellows. The South Carolina Education Lottery is investing in you. Visit sceducationlottery.com slash better you to learn more. Touchstone Energy Cooperative members save more, more on electricity, and members save more on insurance, groceries, health care, restaurants, travel, concerts, and sporting events through co-op connections. Touchstone Energy is an alliance of the member-owned electric cooperatives, and as a member, the power is yours. Experience the power of co-op membership with Touchstone Energy and find out how much you can save on electricity and a whole lot more at touchstoneenergy.com. 
George Bryant here with Tsunami Bar Sports, and wow, Tsunami Robbie, there is now an amazing technology that you can use when you train, receiving large gain without having to endure pain. Please explain. George, that is the magic combination. I have three simple words to define that entire concept. Stimulation, not annihilation. Regardless of your training goals, there is a level of stimulation that is optimal for your desired gains. Tsunami Bar's flexible bar technology meets these demands because the user determines the level of stimulation with the amount of speed and force they impart into the bar or training device. Hey, this is Phil Kornblut. The Tsunami Bar is a terrific training device whether you're working on your fitness or your golf game. It's convenient, it's easy to use, and you won't feel beat up afterwards. Be sure to click on the digital ad on sportstalksc.com and get 5% off any order using promo code BBB5. Don't wait. Order today. Your home is where your memories live. It's where you laugh and where you love. We understand the importance of the valuables under your roof, tangible and intangible alike. So no matter what's around the corner, we'll be there, offering you and your family the support that's made Farm Bureau Insurance a trusted name for nearly 70 years. You deserve more. You deserve a promise. Learn more at scfbins.com. Call me. Alex Satterfield at 803-749-9171 for all of your Midlands insurance needs. All right, coming up on the top of the hour, we will continue with your phone calls, and we've got a deliciously juicy recruiting report coming up. Stay tuned for that. Let's go to Hank in Columbia for our next phone call tonight here on Sports Talk. Hank, welcome in. How are you? I'm doing fine. You're going to act like I ambushed you, but I am since you you put me up against the break. Mm. Uh, First of all, on cashing, or, uh, I mean, Chris or Berge, uh the argument he made in regards to um, Ohio State, it doesn't work because Ohio State lost their first quarterback before their championship game. And the reason, and they were talking about leaving Ohio State out, but in the championship game, remember Ohio State beat the team like 49 to nothing, so it didn't look any different. Yeah. So that's how they That was Carnell Jones, wasn't it? Who came in it and was, went no, crazy? No, it wasn't even Cardell. It was the second string guy. Yeah. The second string guy came in. Card, the, the second string guy got hurt in the Alabama game in the semifinal, and then that's when Cardell Jones came in for the championship game. Gotcha. And they beat the heck but, out of a really good Wisconsin team yeah, in that pack. They uh, killed that Big the Ten team. championship. Yep. And and that, and before then, they were talking about them just like Florida State that they weren't going to let them. They didn't know if they were going to let them in because they lost to Barrett. But the fact that uh, they looked that way that solidified them. That's the difference. That was the difference. Alabama had the hardest strength schedule. It's not about the SEC because if you're going to say it's about the SEC, then why didn't the SEC lose all these um, these playoffs they stuck them in? They won about 90% of them. Uh, Clemson is the only one that really made a dent in their, their winning record in, in, in that. So I wanted to say that. Also, this thing about the transfer portal, Georgia's had 48 guys transfer since 2019. Last year they had 16 the year before they had 15, they had 14. That's what happened. This just happens just now, nowadays. 
<laughs> You're right. So, yeah. so it's not like it's just South Carolina. No. And, South, and then and Ohio State pushed their they're pushing their starting quarterback that went twelve and one into the portal because they told him he's not good enough. He wasn't good enough to beat Michigan. <laughs> yep. I mean, no school is immune from it. That's for sure. Okay. Thanks, Hank. Be back. 